Good evening to our neighbors and listeners. We are coming to you live from the 215 here in Germantown. You're listening to the award-winning Germantown Info Hub Radio Hour. I'm the community reporter, Rashida Jamu, a.k.a. Philly's Freedom John. And while I'm usually with my colleague, community organizer, Maleka Fruin, with appearances from Baby Bayou, tonight I am on my own. The Info Hub Hour explores all things happening in Germantown and the city of Philadelphia and covers them in an hour or less. You can check out what's going on by visiting our website at germantowninfohub.org, on Twitter and Instagram at gtowninfohub, or on Facebook at Germantown Info Hub. So today's show will be split into two segments. The first segment will feature a collection of voices from equally informed Philly as they explain what the program is and how their services benefit Germantown and the wider Philadelphia community. After that, we'll be airing a series of short interviews conducted by some Temple University students in collaboration with Resolve Philadelphia. Before we start the show, the Info Hub wants to thank Andrea Wenzel for having her students work with us on these projects, our editor, Gene Sun, for helping these students with their audio editing, and community members, Tawana Boone, Gary Hines, and Anthony Webb for allowing students to interview them for the completion of their project. And of course, we have to thank the students who worked on these interviews. Jeremy Cease, Joe Habersham worked with Tawana Boone, Aiden Maloney, Nick Ganjwer, and Kaylin Kearney worked with Anthony Webb and Samuel Ejozi, and Antonio Perez worked with Gary Hines. Thank you to all of these students for their hard work on these interviews. We appreciate and understand the effort that went into conducting them. And now let's get on to our show. Earlier this year, the Germantown Info Hub was adopted by Resolve Philadelphia. This unconventional journalism organization challenges our industry to be more equitable, collaborative, and based in community voices and solutions. They provide opportunities for journalists to report more collaboratively and accurately to reach better and serve their communities and create practices rooted in equity. Another program under Resolve that we often highlight on the InfoHub Hour is Equally Informed Philly, which as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic works very hard to bridge the gap between the information divide so that all residents throughout the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection can live and thrive. Equally Informed Philly does many things to accomplish this, and we'll hear about the organization's functions throughout this segment. But first, let's hear a little bit more background on the program from its project editor, Christine Villanueva. So before I get into what Equally Informed Philly is, I think it would be best to start off with what Resolve Philly is. So Resolve Philly is an organization that focuses on collaboration and raising community voices um, in local news around Philadelphia. And so what I do as a part of that as an editor for Equally Informed is focusing on bridging the digital divide in Philadelphia. So also, what that means is for folks who don't have steady access to internet in the city, uh, Philadelphia has one of the worst connectivity rates in the country. So a lot of the work that we're doing is reaching folks who cannot really be online consistently. 
Parts of the initiative include InfoHub Captains, which is a community ambassadorship program that helps us really get on the ground level of what's going on in communities and what their information needs may be, but also an SMS texting platform. So a lot of that would entail just outreach that is very specific to communities that are affected by the digital divide. Uh, So a lot of the people that we try to reach out to are people who uh, experience homelessness, um, people who have experienced domestic violence and other unstable housing conditions. And in order to reach those communities, you really need to be sensitive and intentional in the ways that you do this kind of outreach. And the best way to do that is through in-person engagement and following up after that to maintain a relationship. So really, yes, we do care about how many people are subscribed to the text line. Yes, we do care about who are interacting with on social media. But a lot of that is really because our main focus is really showing up in communities for people um, and meeting them where they are. We have monthly meetings with some community ambassadors, and uh, which we call InfoHub Captains, and we really listen in on some of the things that they're experiencing in their neighborhoods, things that they have noticed in their neighborhoods that should be raised to uh, local media or broader networks that we are connected to. But we also show up to community events, tabling events. We also hold a lot of those ourselves. Um, one example is we had a partnership with Philly Truce earlier this year, uh, which is an app that helps with mediation for folks experiencing violence, especially gun violence in the city. So being able to partner with community organizations, being able to show up with uh, some of the things that InfoHub captains are also doing in their communities is a way that we're able to engage with them directly. As Christine mentioned, EIP has many moving parts, but how is it that EIP can reach and serve the broader Philadelphia community? One of the most effective and creative ways they interact with the community is through their text line services. Product manager Lily Medosh and editorial associate Luisa Suarez speak about the vital role of the text line under EIP. Luisa and I run the Equal Info Line. It's a free helpline providing local news updates and resources straight to your phone through text message. We help answer community members' questions about how to best live and thrive in Philly. Our text line's available both in English and Spanish. Right now, we have uh, 1,300 residents subscribed to our updates. And don't worry, we're not going to blow up your phone. We only send messages twice a week. And you can subscribe easily by texting Equal Info to... 73224. So this text line, kind of like Lily said, is run by actual people. We are on our computers answering all your questions and sending out the resources. A lot of people think we're bots, uh, but we are actually like, you know, breathing human beings. We're here to help. So people text into the text line looking for a bunch of different things that Louisa and I help research and share back uh, trusty, helpful answers. We get questions like, where can I find a COVID vaccine near me? Where can I find a food pantry? What's my local civic association and how do I get involved? So you can ask us these kind of questions. We'll do the research trying to find your answers and share back with you. We had one woman text in once and she said that her car had been towed during a snowstorm. Apparently this had happened not just to her, but also her neighbors. And she had no idea where her car was or how to find it. What we ended up doing was connecting her with Billy Penn, 
And they interviewed her for a piece about what to do when your car gets towed during a snow emergency. We then were able to share that article back on the text line. So this is a great example of how we use the text line to listen at the community level, what residents are experiencing, connecting them with local news outlets to report on these stories, and then being able to share back these articles with the text line. So we love these kind of feedback loops. So we honestly share a wide variety of resources. Our big focus is to make sure that they're accurate, transparent, and of course, relevant um, to current news. Some recent examples is we sent COVID-19 booster information, election resources. Um, One of my favorites was uh, during back to school season, we sent kind of like backpack giveaway information that got bit of traction on the text line. And of course, student loan forgiveness. Student loan forgiveness is a great example of like a developing story that, you know, that like the news broke, we immediately got it on the text line and we did get some interaction and people had some questions. So getting feedback about people's experiences using the text line is really important for us. And that helps inform the kinds of information that we share. We like doing check-ins throughout the year on the text line asking people how things are going in their neighborhood, what's happening on their block, and trying to figure out what information people need as they move throughout their day-to-day. So if you subscribe to the text line, there will be opportunities throughout the year to share with us. We want to hear from you. And there will also be some opportunities to complete surveys for the chance to enter a gift card raffle. Spanish is incorporated into every single message we send out because we send out our text message in English and then we also send out our text message in Spanish for our Spanish subscribers. Um, so if you just want to receive the text messages in only Spanish, you can subscribe to that specifically. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes it can be hard to get resources that like I can send the message in Spanish, but the articles themselves might only be in English. So it's really great to have a good relationship with our local newsrooms because for very critical articles, we have been able to get some of those resources translated to make sure that there's kind of like equal information for those Spanish speakers on all fronts. We started Equally Informed Survivors in spring of 2021 in response to the rising gun violence crisis in Philly. Equally Informed Survivors is a text line where we share a bi-weekly newsletter that highlights possible solutions to the gun violence crisis. These resources and articles we're sharing really highlight grassroots community-led efforts. We also share resources for people impacted by gun violence themselves. And so some of the resources we share might include mental health services, where someone can go to find a support group a way that someone can sign up to join a writing workshop that is geared towards helping people process grief and trauma. And so, you know, our main intention with the Equally Informed Survivors text line is that we're there to help answer people's questions and guide them towards resources that can support them and also amplifying solutions journalism and not just talking about gun violence as it relates to the crime coverage people typically see on the news. I did want to highlight some Germantown-specific orgs that we've highlighted on the text line. This includes Neem, Never Any Emotions, Amir, Every Murder is Real, and Men Who Care of Germantown. So these are just some of the local resources that we help amplify and try and connect people to. You can subscribe to the Equally Informed Survivors text line by texting SURVIVORS to 73224. You can also subscribe by joining our main text line by texting equal info to 73224. Aside from the text line, EIP thrives through the interactions with community leaders who are the experts on their sections of Philadelphia. 
EIP works collaboratively with these community leaders whom they deem InfoHub captains to help strengthen the impact of local media. Associate Editor of Community Narratives at Resolve, Sia Roberson, lays out the functions of the InfoHub captains for us. The InfoHub Captains is basically a program that brings together a whole bunch of civically engaged individuals um, from neighborhoods all across Philadelphia. We get together for roughly once a month discussion that usually centers around pressing issues in their communities um, and things that their communities in particular find newsworthy or timely. Um, so ultimately, these discussions and the relationships that we build with our InfoHub Captains help to really inform the reporting that we do and the resources that we offer in our community newsletter. And that newsletter is distributed across the entire city with help from our InfoHub captains as well. They give so freely of their time and expertise, like both in and out of meetings. We talk to them all the time. Um, we, we do offer a stipend for uh, two categories. The first one is production. And we consider production just those discussions of potential story topics, um, source sharing and all the knowledge sharing that goes on. And also for newsletter distribution. Um, which is basically just carting our newsletter around the city um, and connecting it with different organizations that our InfoHub captains are affiliated with, or both. There's a lot of overlap there. You can either be you know, involved with production or in distribution, and we'll pay you for both. But in addition to that, the Resolve team is is always looking for ways to help connect our InfoHub captains with programs and resources that'll enrich them, like for their own personal or professional development. So we've recently been partnering with the New School and with CCP to offer a series of citizen journalism workshops to our InfoHub captains. Um, and we basically started that out by polling the group at large to find out what kinds of skills and resources they felt would be more advantageous to them while they're in their neighborhoods committing acts of journalism. And so out of that, we developed um, workshops like trauma-informed deep listening, which was really, really popular. Um, we had an interviewing 101 workshop. Uh, we had a systems thinking workshop, which was actually pretty complex and really cool. It, it taught folks to identify and understand larger systemic issues behind like the persistent visible ones. So um, we're still constantly on the lookout for ways just by virtue of talking and listening to our InfoHub captains to figure out what they really want. The two primary functions of InfoHub captains are storytelling and distributing newsletters within communities. Christine Villanueva explains how Equally Informed Philly works with InfoHub captains to do all of this. So we have monthly meetings and a lot of what we'll ask folks is uh, what they've noticed in their communities. And we leave this pretty broad, uh, mainly because we don't want to restrict what they're sharing with us. And I think that it takes a lot of um, journalistic expertise too, and just like community engagement expertise, honestly, to really actively listen. It's almost like reading between the lines, but listening between the lines. So a lot of our InfoHub captains, for example, come from Kensington. Kensington has its disadvantages, but it's also a community that has a lot of beautiful people who are really working to better their community and to give back to the community. And so they don't really have a lot of, I guess, good relationships with local media. I think that it's kind of fraught, but there's a need to kind of repair the narrative. And so um, one of the things that we focused on 
with the print newsletter, which is something that InfoHub captains also produce, um, is really looking at community-based resources for the drug ep- epidemic focused in um, Kensington. And we were able to get InfoHub captains to really list down the resources that are actually working and who has community trust. And I think that that context is a lot different than the way that a lot of people, whether they're in local media or national media, or even bloggers have really talked about Kensington as a neighborhood. We also focused on community cleanups as one thing based off of feedback. I think a lot of folks are really frustrated with the way that um, the city of Philadelphia has neglected certain parts uh, of the city when it comes to trash collection, recycling, and cleanup. And so a lot of the burden is also on community members to have to clean up uh, after their neighborhood as well. And so um, these are two major things that ended up popping into our print newsletter that really were born from conversations that I was having about their frustrations uh, in community and what are the actions that we take towards bettering the community for our neighborhoods to be more reflective of the people that are in it. A little bit more information on how InfoHub captains work with us to produce our print newsletter is that we'll really take them from the conversation and through the reporting. So for example, I really want to shout out Valerie Dowrit, who's on our community engagement team because she really took the helm on one of the articles about um, addiction resources for folks in Kensington. And um, she worked very closely with one of our InfoHub captains, John Zerby, to identify some of the people who would be doing a lot of the on the groundwork. And we were able to strengthen a lot of um, our community ties Uh, to be able to amplify those resources to other parts of the city and and in our network. And so through that, also discussing throughout the the reporting process, um, especially with Zerbi, like, is this framing correct? Is this language good? You know, these are questions that we'll ask for constant feedback in order to make sure that we get it right. Um, and then there are also some InfoHub captains who are really interested in either interviewing or reporting themselves. So I know that for the last newsletter, a member of my team, her name is Lily Medosh, uh, who runs the Equally Informed uh, SMS text line. She also interviewed uh, librarians in the city talking about some of the resources that are available to folks um, in the city that they may not know. And she worked very closely with Derek Pratt, who had also done some of these interviews. um, And they were able to work together to produce this piece. So a lot of co-reporting, a lot of co-writing. We also make sure that there's a lot of flexibility for InfoHub captains for what they can do, because we know that they're doing a lot of other things. They also have families and other responsibilities. And so we try to be as flexible as possible to their availability and their interests. And also something that I will add is that it is a paid program uh, because that is important. InfoHub captains also have a lot of lived experience that we also honor as expertise. And so that deserves compensation. One of the things that we are planning to build here for Equally Informed is a community newswire service. So let me try to break down what that might mean. So if you're familiar with an organization called the Associated Press. Maybe you've seen that in newspapers. Um, This is basically a big news organization that does a lot of like the bigger reporting. And then if you have a subscription to that in in your local newsroom, your local newsroom is able to 
reprint that story with added local context. And so we're trying to think about what that may look like from a neighborhood level to a broader city level. And so one of the things that we had done is also bring in Germantown Info Hub as being our first kind of, I guess, touch point in building out this community wire service. And we're in the process of bringing in two Info Hub captains who will be working specifically as contributors for Germantown Info Hub. And the idea is to be able to build these different hubs around the city. So we're able to identify very gritty resources or community stories that are also relevant citywide or could also be reported on through other local outlets in our network. So um, really just thinking about experimenting on that and tackling the digital divide is is going to be a systemic kind of building information loops um, because the systems that keep folks down are big. Um, and so we're also trying to build big systems in order to combat that kind of disenfranchisement from local media or literally life-saving and life-affirming information. EIP is a beneficial resource in Philadelphia. This program and its incredible staff work very hard to ensure that Philadelphians are represented accurately and informed effectively. Whether through one of their text lines, their work with the InfoHub captains, or newsletter distribution, they work to eliminate barriers that keep Philadelphians from receiving the total quality of life. Like its parenting organization, Resolve Philly, EIP is a change maker of an organization. To learn more about EIP, you can visit their website at equallyinformed.com. You can also follow them on Instagram and Twitter at equalinfo215 and on Facebook under Equally Informed Philly. To subscribe to their text line to begin receiving great and resourceful information, text Equal Info to 73224. Hey, everybody. My name is Joe. And I'm Jeremy. And we have the privilege of interviewing Tawana Boone. She is a member of the Waterview uh, Advisory Council for their Community Recreation Center. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening, and we hope that you enjoy. Um, to start off, where are you from if you're not from Germantown? Well, I'm from North Philadelphia. But I reside in Germantown. Been living here for, I believe, it's six years. It might be going on seven. What is what's the difference? Like, how do you feel like the community you're in now is like different than, um, like the one you were in in North Philly? So North Philly, again, I was raised there. Everybody knew me, so um, they knew my whole family. Everyone, everyone knew each other. So now they, when you start moving into other communities, it's like um, it's different because people don't socialize. Like yeah. I've been, like I, I just mentioned, I've been living on this block for several years. I can't tell you all my neighbors' name. If I may only know five, if it's that, but that's just how life is right now. I'm not, I'm not used to it, but. Um, yeah, that's the difference is 
everyone is not outgoing like they used to be. Um, how did you get into the Waterview Recreation Center, like advisory council? Like, how did that come about? That came about like now I have more time that I can give to the to my community because you know first you have to work on yourself first before you can give back to anybody else. So now that I'm giving giving solely to myself, I feel like all right now is my you know, duty to help other people. So it was more so going to the meeting. I believe in intuition, things happen for a reason, right? So um, this one particular day, they was out here. Of course, you know, when those representatives fought to go run for office or, you know, around voting time, they was out here talking. And I was like, well, let me go over and listen. So the news was out there. I didn't get on the news or anything. I just wanted to listen to what they had to say. So I was. that's how it started, the meeting. They was like, oh, we're going to have a meeting starting next month. And that's how I joined the committee. Yeah, so that, like, leads into my next question for you. Like, what is your ideal vision for the neighborhood program, like, for yourself? So my 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 biggest goal is just to I'm trying to decrease the violence in Philadelphia. So how I'm going to do that is by building this community up. Once we build it up, we can get our kids back. Get all the kids back into the rec center, do things with them that's going to um not have them on the streets. And I don't want, want those temptations of seeing those other guys out doing the wrong things. They're going to want to be around us because that's where the fun is going to be at. Because right now, these kids are bored. They don't have anything to do. These rec centers, they lack so much, um, so many programs. Like, it's not a lot of programs in these rec centers. And sometimes I fought the people that actually work in the rec center. Why don't you, why aren't you being the voice for us? You know, we, we, I just joined the advisory um, committee. You know, they was, they just was like, oh, since you come to the meeting all the time, you have a say, won't you be a part of it? Fine. I can, but I want to do so much more, but I know I can't, but I'm going to find out some, some, I'm going to go through some resources and get whatever I need. So following up on like your programs or whatever, like what's like some programs that you're like thinking of incorporating or adding to the council since you said like programs is the main focus for you right now for the kids? We need personal development. Yes, we, you may go into a job, they give you per, a professional development, but without personal development, how am I going to excel with professional development? Because we have to change the mindset of these children, of these adults. Like, I'm learning so much because for myself, I'm on personal development every day. Actually, that's what kind of, like, took me a long time to get over here because I, I do work from home as well. So I'm working from home, and I'm also on Instagram watching personal development. So you said um you work from home, so, like, and you go to all these meetings. So how much time do you think, like, daily or just weekly do you spend like working with the council and working with this program you would say they only meet up once a month they meet up once a month but of course you know i have um kids that live on the block so i tend to talk to the kids and 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 stuff like that and i kind of get a little irritated so real fast when 
you have you ever tried to give someone an opinion and they just shoot your advice down all the time? That's how it is when I speak with um, the head of the rec center. When I give advice, I get you get shot down. I don't like to feel that way because it's like, okay, you're not even giving my advice no chance. I know from a person that lives in the neighborhood, you don't live in the neighborhood, you just work there. I kind of know what can happen. Because I lived, I lived around in the area. We had the King, it's, it's still up and running. It's called the Martin Luther King Center, which is over there on CCB Moore. I seen how that worked for my generation and some of the generations under me. So I know that it can work if you put into the community. But yeah, so some that's why I, you know I usually don't go over there that much. But again, the information is not being given to everyone in the community. And um, when I say that, like you know, I voice my opinion. Hey, can you make uh, flyers up? Let's get these flyers out to these neighbors. They're not being done. Do you feel like there's any like more challenges with the council that like you face? It's, it's just more so the, the funding. So everything, when it boils down, everyone talk about this figure. Yes, I understand that, you know, we need the funding, we need this, we need that. But sometimes you have to show them you can do it without them. Like, let me, let's, let's show them that we can do this. Like, we need them, but they won't take us seriously if they don't see us doing anything. So that's like, I got to get them out the mindset of what if, what if you won't know until you do. You have to crawl before you walk. Everyone is um, in fear of, of losing. You have to, you have to go through these changes. You have to fail at something in order for you to, you know, achieve anything. So, you know, certain things are just learning points. But you know, whatever. I get frustrated talking about it sometimes because I'm really passionate. I'm really passionate by helping others. That's, I swear, that's one of my passions. And I know that's my purpose is to help. Anything else you want to get off your chest? So in my personal development um, class that I begin, is is a good phrase that we always say, all of us need each of us and each of us needs all of us, which sticks with me. It stuck with me ever since they said it. And it's the truth because we do, just like any council women or council men that come and join the community. They need, we all need each other at the end of the day. And let's not treat Waterview as a last resort, like, okay, they don't need us just because we're not complaining as much. If you go into our center, you'll be like, they need help. And that's a wrap. Uh, thank you to Tawana Boone for being vulnerable with us and allowing us to share her story with everyone. Shout out to Jeremy for coming up with such great questions. Shout out Joe for editing and producing this interview. And yeah, with that said, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great day.
Hello everyone, my name is Antonio and I'm here with my partner Samuel. We are interviewing Gary Hines, a former G-Town radio programmer and active Germantown resident. All right, uh, just a little um, small question to get started. Where did you, could you tell us a little bit about your background, like your education and where you started off early in your, I guess, radio or programming career? Um, so. Um... Thanks for having me on here, guys. I appreciate it. So I grew up in Philadelphia, uh, went to school here. I actually lived on the West Coast for five years, many, many years ago, but you know, came back to Philly and finished my education. So I went to undergrad at Eastern University out in St. David's, Pennsylvania, and got my bachelor's degree in organizational management. And then I continued on with my master's degree at Chestnut Hill College and got that in instructional technology. So I've been in the education field, teaching, training, administration, curriculum development, things like that for many years, working for uh, local colleges like Community College of Philadelphia, Montgomery County Community College. I also worked at Temple briefly too. Um, so that's kind of my educational background. Radio career, uh, I don't know, I've always been interested in uh, music. And so back in 2007, when Jim Bear who was the founder of G-Town Radio got started, he put an ad out in a, in a local newspaper in Germantown asking if people you know, would be interested in hosting shows. So I immediately signed up and um, started you know, having my weekly show where I played music. So that's pretty much how I got into programming at G-Town Radio. And uh, you know, I did that for about three, four years. And then I just couldn't keep up with it. You know, it's quite I was working full time and it was it was just a little bit too much, but um always been a big supporter of G-Town Radio and community radio in general. Uh, that's good to hear that you've always kind of been around the scenery and, and being in the teaching field as well. Um, as a as someone who is an active Germantown neighbor, um, when you were at G-Town Radio and even now as you're an active neighbor. What was the connection like between you guys and the neighborhood itself? Um, you know, as a programmer at G-Town Radio, you know, we were right in the heart there of the, of the neighborhood, of the community. So we did have a pretty strong connection and we had people um, that lived in the neighborhood and some outside of the neighborhood as well that came in and did programming. So uh, we would, you know, when, when our connection primarily was that we would advertise things that were happening in the community. So back in those times, I'm talking 2007, eight, nine, 10, um, you know, gentrification wasn't really a big thing then, but people were concerned about blight and trash and abandoned houses and cars and things like that. So we would, um, you know, there were several shows on there that would just basically call in kind of informational news shows about the community. Um, so people would call in or there would be guest speakers, community activists that would come on and talk about some issue that was happening around Germantown. Um, so there was a great connection to the local community. Um, you know, and I think that continues on so that, till, you know, up until today. That's great to hear. And because like you know, Germantown, it's kind of like you guys just have each other. Um, and yeah, that's always good to hear between like the people who's putting the news out there and the people who are the news themselves. When you were at G-Town Radio, what did you and the crew um, 
what, what was like, how, what were things you did to reach your goals? Like what were ideas to try to establish your goals and beyond that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the primary goal for me and, and other programmers at the time was to just get, you know, people to listen in. So we would certainly do outreach. And for me, uh, my outreach primarily was through social media. So I would, um, when I did my shows, I would record them and then I would post them on my, my Facebook page for people that didn't listen in, you know, that particular live, live show, they could play back and listen to it again. The primary goal was to get listeners to come in and, you know, give feedback, you know, have their voices heard. So as the interview went on, Gary mentioned that he's a member of the LGBT community. Uh, I would always invite community members and, you know, I'm part of a, a different, you know, I'm part of the LGBT community. So I would certainly invite people that were uh, prominent in that community to come in and interview. I asked him to elaborate further on the LGBT community presence in Germantown. Uh, being a member of the LGBTQ plus community, how is the connection with that community in Germantown? Are the people very, very polite? Are they part? Partners? Are they supporters? Um, I, I have to say, uh, I can't really say it's been a, a great relationship. There's not a very visible LGBT community in Germantown that I know of. Uh, at G-Town Radio, was there, like you had your own show, but were there guys or any other speakers that like, was perhaps your favorite or you were just always rooting for because they were just that good of a person? Uh, yeah, I mean, several programmers did, you know, amazing jobs at their, when they did their particular shows. Um, one person in, 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 in that I was really kind of close to and, and supported was a woman named Yolanda Wisher, who was uh, the recent poet laureate for the city of Philadelphia. I'm not sure if you've heard her, her before. But her and her husband had a show uh, that came on actually right after my show um, on Thursday nights. It was called You Move Me, and it was poetry and spoken word. And so I really, really supported them because uh, as a team, he was a he's a bass player. She's a poet. And the, together they would just, you know, do some amazing things online. I mean, they would do, you know, they would do recordings and, and poetry and spoken word and have different artists to come in as well and do their thing. One, obviously, you have sort of a, a main project now, the Gary Hines Consulting Group. Um, we checked it out a little bit on Facebook, a little bit on LinkedIn. Uh, could you just elaborate a little more on that group for us uh, before we get out of here? Because it seems very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you know, as I had described earlier, my past history and my experience has been in sort of helping people you know, move along in their lives. If it's not getting their GEDs, it's completing their degrees at college and, you know, through my teaching, and then it's also getting jobs. So um, in 2012, I got laid off from my full-time job. I was working for a nonprofit and I was doing outreach, trying to get young people um, interested in the, in the manufacturing career so, or industry. So when I got laid off from that, because it was a nonprofit, it was all grant funded, they ran out of money, they couldn't pay me anymore. So I started thinking, I said, well, maybe I should start my own business 
and I kept thinking, what could that business be? I, I had retail experience, so I thought, you know, do I want to open a store and sell stuff, um, or do I want to make anything? Do I want to, you know, be a? Sh I, I, I couldn't be a chef or anything. But anyway, I started thinking about these ideas. I even looked at the franchise world, you know, buying into a franchise like a Rita's Water Ice or something like that and saying, okay, well, I've, you know, I can manage that. I know how to manage money and all that. Then I, you know, the expense of buying a franchise was just too much for me. So anyway, I settled down on starting my own consulting business around career coaching. And I kept thinking, this is a natural fit you know, I've helped people in the past. I've worked on both sides of the table. So I've helped companies find their new employees. And, um, you know, and I've helped I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. It hasn't gone as well as I had hoped for because a lot of people today, as you guys probably know, particularly college students, have these career centers or these career stations on campus where they can go and get free services. Like, you know, you probably have a, a, a career counselor you can go to on Temple's campus, I'm sure, where you can say, hey, I need help with my resume. Hey, I need help with finding, you know, job leads. And they would do that for you, you know, at no charge because you're a student. Really appreciate your time here. It was great talking to someone who ha has much experience uh, in the working field and, and in radio. Uh Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Germantown Info Hub podcasting project. Today, we are here with Anthony Webb, who goes by Webb, and we will be discussing his views on the community and how his work has impacted the Germantown area. Webb is a poet, writer, and facilitator for the Germantown Residence for Economic Alternatives Together program, otherwise known as GREAT. So what inspired you to get involved with this community-based work? I'm, from, I'm originally from Cleveland. And I moved here in 88. So my mother was all, always a street club. They call them black, they call them black captains here. We call them street club. And we always done things in the community. So that's, that's just was part of me. I, I moved here in 88 to attend Temple to go to graduate wow. school. I, I get my, I got, uh, <laughs> I got a degree in psychology. I'm a psychologist, okay? So, nice. and that's why I'm here. Yeah. So what's in, so, what's drawn you to remain in Germantown since you've come in Philadelphia? It's kind of crazy, but it's the trees. If really many yeah, many many parts of the city don't have trees, okay? And Germantown has magnificent trees, okay? And if I had moved to another part of the city, I probably would have moved back to Cleveland. It's the trees. Uh, so as a leader of the Germantown residents for uh, Economic Alternatives Together, or GREAT, um, what are the strides that your group has made over the association's existence? And what do you guys plan on attempting to work towards? I think, I think, I think the overall um, thing that we have done, it made people in the, in the area more to identify what we're doing or understand that, that Germantown is, is, is a community and we can work together and do some simple but powerful projects. Just making the community be aware that we're all in this together. Would you say that there's a strong sense of community in Germantown between the residents? Germantown is a funky place, okay? <laughs> because there's Germantown, there's East Germantown, there's West Germantown, 
and there is um, um, West Central Germantown, you know, and it depends on yeah. what street you are, you know, you have to know what street you're on in Germantown, you know what part of Germantown you're at, so. Um, yeah. Germantown is a place of old hippies, big houses, uh, minorities, um, dogs, trees, and a funkiness, okay? You're not, you're not going to see architecture like this, like this nowhere in the city. So um, it's like a funky place. It has it had hues, colors, um, patterns. It's not beige. It's not beige yeah. at all, if you understand what I mean. Uh, we also heard that you work with the seed libraries in Germantown. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? What do you do there? Well, that comes from being in Cleveland, too. In Cleveland, we had this big garden. And I've always had a garden, okay? So when they talked about, um, let's start something with gardens and seeds, I was in for it. And what we do, I have a garden here. And about this time of year, we started collecting seeds from the vegetables and flowers that we had. We um, put them in cans or bottles. And in the, in the fall, we bag them more up and we give them away at a um, at one of our outings. So, and I'm pretty invested in that. You know, we're, we're thinking about a project of like um, next year, probably um, giving out little um, vegetable plots. Since you've joined the Germantown community, uh, I know you've mentioned the apartment buildings that you've seen going up. Have you seen the community change a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to um, touch on that a little bit? Well, um, it's a mixed community, but I think in the next five years, five or ten years, there will be probably more whites in the community on this side of Germantown than ever before. Um, you see people um, that don't look like me riding bikes and um, pushing strollers. So I think that part of the community is going to change. I don't know if, if the commercial part is going to change yet. You know, are they going to be in new stores mm -hmm. and stuff like that? That hasn't happened yet. But the population is truly going to change. There's no good or bad. You yeah. know, diversity is good. Um, learning from other cultures is a wonderful thing. Okay, so I'm not against it or for it. I'm just, I'm just looking and watching. Speaking on your poetry again. Uh, we read a 2020 story that you wrote about a train stop in which you saw a man pick up some spare litter by himself, not with an organization, just cleaning the community right. as he wanted. Um, and it seemed like that had an impact on you. Uh, do you want to talk about how that scope of the story goes maybe beyond just that train station? Oh, it was amazing. You know, I was at a train station and a guy just started picking up trash. I'm like, damn. Like he's doing what? And and volunteering to take a trash and, and it touched me because I had never did that like that before. And so I became more aware of that, okay? And and that thought I'd be part of what I do, okay? Picking up trash and telling people about trash and stuff like that. Because I, I was I thought that was amazing, you know, like he's picking up yeah. trash. <laughs> so yeah. It's so um, simple, but it means so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a simple gesture. Like, like everyone can do this, but you know, no one does, or, or few people do. Okay, so yeah. I became I became one of those who do. Yeah, I'm gonna try to pick her up. Is okay? it something that you 
is this something that you encourage other people to do as you go about your day-to-day life too? Like family make, members or friends? I make people aware of it. Or if they trash, I, I tell them about them, okay? You know. So like yeah. Um so because Philadelphia, ugh, it's just trashy. It's just a trashy place. I don't know. I don't know how that culture as beautiful as it is. Yeah, as beautiful as it is. I don't know how that became part of the culture. But uh, it, it's something that we need to work on as a group. Mm. Oh, so, like through your um, through your seed garden project that you've been talking about, you're trying to look, teach life lessons more than just you know this is how you grow a tomato. This is how yeah, you grow. It's, it's, it's beyond. It's beyond what, what getting nutrients from the from the vegetables. Okay, it it has to do with how you live healthy and how you can um, become more than you think you can be. People that don't think they can grow anything. They, they don't think they have green thumb. They don't know beauty. The whole idea, you can put something in the ground that small and becomes this big, it's a beautiful thing. No, yeah, it is. It's very, very metaphorical. Uh, talking about building communities, building gardens, all that. I think that might be all the questions for you yeah, we are now, Webb. Uh, thank okay. you so much for your time. Okay, until we meet again, see ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much for your time today, Webb. Uh, we hope to stay in touch about your work in Germantown, and we'll speak again soon. That's all for today's inaugural episode. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. Well, Germantown, it is about that time. If you have any story ideas or information that you want to share with the Germantown Info Hub, you can feel free to email gtown.infohub at gmail.com. You can also keep up with us on social media at Gtown Info Hub on Twitter and Instagram and Germantown Info Hub on Facebook. Additionally, you can read our stories at germantowninfohub.org. And well, that is about it. So thank you to EIP for speaking with us today. Thank you to Temple students for organizing their interviews. And thank you to our neighbors for listening and engaging as always. And until next time, good night, Germantown.